Every few years, something happens that reopens a very dark chapter in our social history. The case of the Kerry Babies. The Kerry Babies will be up there at the top of anyone's list. It, it brought out so much that was bad and so much that was good about Irish society. In a few weeks, it will be 39 years to the day since a tiny baby was found stabbed in County Kerry. A newborn baby boy has been found dead near Cahasavine in County Kerry. The body was found abandoned on the White Strand, about three miles from the town, and a post-mortem is being The infant was later named Baby John, and this week two people were arrested and later released in connection with his murder. A man in his 60s arrested in relation to the death of a five-day-old baby in Kerry in 1984 has been released without charge this morning. A second person, a woman in her 50s, was also released without charge last night. A file has been... The reason why the story re-emerges over the decades is because it was never investigated properly in the first place. Instead, a woman called Joanne Hayes, who had lost her baby at birth around the same time, was accused of being the mother of both infants and scapegoated for their murders. While I signed my statement was because they told me they were going to be mum in charge of with murder as well and put my little girl into an orphanage. And just said they were going to sell the farm then as well. In 1985, at a tribunal to investigate how she and her family could have signed confessions to a crime they didn't commit, it was Joanne's intimate private life that became the focus instead. I didn't expect a clap in the back, but I didn't expect it to go so hard on me. Uh, after all, the tribunal was set up to look into the behaviour of the Gardaí, but uh, it was I who went on trial. She was condemned by the judge as having brought it all on herself because of her relationship with married man Jeremiah Locke. In 2018, Gardaí finally reopened the case. It is a matter of significant regret for Angarish O'Connor that it has taken such a long time for it to be confirmed that Miss Hayes is not the mother of baby John. On behalf of Angola Shikana, I would like to sincerely apologise to Miss Hayes for that, as well as the awful stress and pain. In 2020, Joanne and her family settled a case they'd taken against the state, the Garda Commissioner, the Minister for Justice and the Attorney General. It had taken 36 years to correct the record. Lawyers for the Hayes family said they were not asking for the tribunal's report to be set aside, but the court orders will be attached to official copies, and this, they said, would provide the vindication Joanne Hayes so desperately needed and show the public how one woman could be oppressed by organs of the state. Now, with the latest developments, the quest for the truth comes at an emotional cost for many people in Kerry, while a generation can scarcely believe this happened in our modern history. I'm Aideen Finnegan and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, in the pursuit of justice for baby John, lies the story we must never forget. Dr Mary McAuliffe, historian and director of the Gender Studies Programme at UCD. Setting aside what we know now, I'm interested to know, what did you remember of the Kerry Babies case? Well, the Kerry Babies case really is part of the long 1980s. Um, and I'm actually from North Kerry. So it had real resident, resonance with me as, as a person, but also as a, as a young person growing up there at that time. Um, and knowing um, Abbey Dorney, uh, it's about 15 miles from where I grew up myself, um, and knowing 
like in, in a broad sense, some of the people who were involved. Um, and so it, it has always stayed with me. And um, I teach it now all the time in my modules in here in UCD um, when I'm looking at the politics of the body in Irish history in the 1980s. So uh, the Kerry Babies case is, is, is almost always with me every year. Yeah. That must have terrified you. I'm thinking being a young woman watching this unfolding, thinking, oh, my God, could that happen to me if I you know, had a child out of wedlock? Yeah, I think so. And the fact that the, the Anne Lovett case had also happened um, and then the year before you'd had the uh, insertion of the Eighth Amendment into the Constitution. And so there was a whole load of discussion around women's bodies and women's sexualities. And it was like lots of people were talking about women's bodies, your body. And you had no input into that discussion and no acknowledgement that you had any control over your body at all yourself. And that was quite scary. And that meant that, you know, what if you get pregnant? What's going to happen to you? Um, there was, Of course, we also have to remember that the Magdalene laundries were still open then and the mother and baby homes. Not all of them, but a number of them. Um, and there was always this sense that getting pregnant was just the absolute worst thing that could happen to you if you were young and not married. It would ruin your life. And that's what we were told. It would ruin your life. And that was it. Your life would be over. Because you wouldn't be seen as respectable. That was the currency at the time. Yeah, your 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 prospects of going on to say, you know, I wanted to go on to college, going on to college wouldn't wouldn't be uh, considered uh, in any way feasible. Um, your prospects of, of, of being accepted in society. There'd be certain ostr- ostracization, And women were defined by their respectability. Um, you know, it was an expectation even in the 80s. And it wasn't really, when we think about it, it wasn't that long ago uh, that, you know, you grew up, you got married, you had children and you settled down to respectable domesticity within marriage and reproduction within marriage. And that was that was it for most, most women. And of course, one awful victim of that sort of institutional misogyny was Joanne Hayes. And we know baby John was washed up on White Strand in Carsavine with 28 stab wounds. And I, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that, you know, such a tiny life was extinguished, nor that Joanne Hayes tragically lost her own baby. But it's just that what happened next still makes for for jaw-dropping reading today. So after baby John was found, what did the Garda investigation look like, Mary? Like, How did they go about singling out suspects before landing on Joanne Hayes? Well, they sent down the murder squad. And I mean, uh, you have to remember this stage as well, the murder squad, including what was called the heavy gang, uh, a group of detectives who were very much involved in in chasing down, um, you know, ganglang murders, IRA murders, all of that sort of thing. So this was all happening outside of finding the body of a baby with all of those stab wounds on uh, in South Kerry. So they come down and they use those techniques to interrogate young girls and women in and around Cahar Savine. Uh, You know, any young girl or woman who was sus- suspect in her behaviour, whose moral or respectable standing was questionable. If she was, you know, dating somebody, if she was thought to be somebody who goes out a bit too much, who was going to, you know, the pub or discos or things like that, they were all brought in for questioning. Uh, because, of course, it wasn't about whether they might be guilty or not, or whether they were suspected of being pregnant or not, their behaviour led to suspicion. 
Um, and so before they even landed on Joanna Hayes as a, sus- a suspect in this case, uh, they were already uh, identifying numerous women and young girls in South Kerry who could potentially be uh, the mother of baby John. Uh, and of course, we now know that um, they, they couldn't identify anybody there through that sort of investigation. And then Joanne Hayes comes to their attention because she turns up in Tralee Hospital saying she's had a miscarriage, but it's obvious she has carried a baby to full term and now there is no baby. Uh, And this is where it takes off and where Joanna Hayes' life is turned upside down and that of her family as well. What did Joanne say happened and what did the Garthi claim? Well, she said that they were brought into Trilligarda Station and that there was um, uh, interrogation that included um, threats, that included what seemed to be sexual harassment. Uh, that, you know, there was, they, there were talk about the fact that uh, she was made sit on the lap of one of the detectives, um, that they were terrified basically into signing a confession that they had killed the Carasavine baby. But then it turned out that actually there was a baby, a second baby, the Abby Dorney baby, Joanne's child, who had been stillborn and whom the family had buried on, or Joanne herself had buried on their farm of land in Abby Dorney. And so now you have two bodies and the Gardaí have no case. And you would think, you know, the logical step would be to go back to the original investigation. Joanna Hayes has shown that, yes, she did give birth. The baby was still born. The most she could be accused of was um, uh, illegal burial outside of a licensed burial ground. Um, Go back to the Cahar Savine and restart that investigation down in South Kerry. But that did not happen. No, instead of going, oh, wow, we've we've got this wrong, they started reaching for new facts that weren't really facts at all. Yes, and it's a word that every year when I say it to my students during my lecture on the politics of the body in the 1980s, where we're discussing the the referendum in 83 and and the Anne Lovett case and uh, the firing of of the teacher Eileen Flynn uh, because she was pregnant outside of marriage from her job uh, and various other things that happened women. Uh, I say the word super fecundation and I ask them, do they understand what that means? And well, actually, a few do now because it has been in the news quite a bit since since Joanne Hayes got her apology. Uh, and super fecundation was that she had had sex with two men in a short period of time and she got pregnant with non-fraternal twins in that two eggs were fertilised by two different sorts of sperm. Even when I say it, I still don't really understand the physics or the biology of it and how that could have happened. And as far as I know, it doesn't happen in humans at all. Uh, apparently it does happen in nature, but not in human beings. But they were insistent that this is what had happened, that Joanne Hayes had given birth to two non-fraternal twins. One had been buried in, had been stillborn and buried in Abbey Dorney, and one stabbed multiple times, thrown off the coast in North Kerry and ended up uh, coming ashore in Cahersavine in South Kerry. Um, they had a huge search for a man called Tom Flynn, whose name was on a mattress in the Hayes family home. It turned out that this Tom Flynn had been a delivery man 
who delivered the mattresses from a local business. Um, and, and people were going around wearing T-shirts at the time saying, my name is Tom Flynn or I am Tom Flynn. Um, and this ridiculous accusation and insistence by the Gardaí that this is what was happened. Of course, all came crashing down when it turned out her the man she was having the affair with, who was the father of the child she already had and the Abbey Durney baby, Jeremiah Locke. Uh, and I think we should always say his name because he's part of this too. Um, Joanna's name is bandied about all the time, but Jer- Jeremiah Locke is in this as well. Could not have been the father of the Cahar Savine baby. So the super fecundation theory falls apart. But that still doesn't stop them. So the charges weren't dropped at that point either? Well, it's not that the charges weren't dropped. No charges were actually bought, brought because they couldn't actually bring them. But they keep insisting that they have the right woman um, and that they're, for some reason uh, they can't disprove it. Not until later that year in October when blood tests show that Joanna herself couldn't have been the mother of the Carasivine baby. Uh, and then, of course, it all falls apart again. But that means that there is a baby who was killed in South Kerry uh, who is lost in this whole investigation. They're no longer looking for whoever killed that child. Joanne and her family signed incriminating statements. So this is why we had a tribunal set up to look at how that could have happened if she couldn't have been the mother of baby John. How did that descend into something completely different whereby Joanne Hayes was on trial for something already established she couldn't be responsible for and effectively going for this character assassination? Well, the Lynch Tribunal was actually set up to um, look into the guard, the behaviour uh, during the investigation into what, what, are called, what is called the Kerry Babies uh, case. But it it became a witch hunt of Joanne Hayes, basically. Uh, the Gardaí ended up getting a, slip, a slap on the wrist for their behaviour. But that was it. It becomes a witch hunt for Joanne Hayes. She's in the, tri- uh, in the st- stand for five days being questioned about every single intimate detail of her life, of her sex life, of her menstruation, of her reproductive cycle, of what she did with Jeremiah Locke and where and what dates uh, of uh, all sorts of intrusive, horrendous questioning that went on five long days in that stand. Uh, And she had to endure that. And what happened outside of the courtroom is as interesting as that was going on in the courtroom is people began to gather there every day, not to uh, rubberneck and see what was going on, but to stand in solidarity with Joanne Hayes and the Hayes family. Flowers and well wishes poured in. Women's groups became particularly annoyed. And one day, the judge had to be escorted as he left the hearing. The community in Abbey Dorney and Wyther in North Kerry, and then women 
women's groups from far and wide, from up Northern Ireland, from all around the country, began to come and stand in solidarity outside Tralee Courthouse uh, with Joanne Hayes. Yellow flowers became the symbol of that solidarity and they began to arrive in Tralee uh, every day that she was uh, taking the stand. And really it galvanises the women of Ireland because they see what's happening here. What is happening here is uh, is victim-blaming basically, is saying, here is a woman. She's already somebody who's had an affair and had a child outside of wedlock. So she's perfect, uh, you know, uh, perfect descriptor of the non-respectable woman that is usually blamed in Irish society. So the judiciary and the guardie, all men, and Nell McCafferty vividly describes, like, Joanne Hayes is not a very tall woman, Uh, this tiny woman, surrounded by these gangs of men, uh, professional men, the lawyers, the police, uh, the judge, all of these men looking on her and judging her and questioning her uh, and deciding who and what she was based on their moral judgments and their expectations of women's behaviours in society. And the question asked was, by by a prosecuting lawyer, did Joanne Hayes love this man who impregnated her, or did she just love what men were prepared to do with her? It was horrendous. And she was so sick on the stand that she had to be sedated. The judge ordered her to be sedated. We heard her out in the corridor retching and crying. She was brought in sedated, so heavily sedated, that her head kept bobbing off the microphone. And I blame myself here. I sometimes think, why didn't I stand up and say this is illegal? And I didn't. I was intimidated like everybody else. And the judge then advised Joanne's friends to bring her home to sleep in their house that night because he thought she was suicidal. And we all sat there stunned, and it has to be said. Um, and, and this continued, and of course, when the report of the Lynch Tribunal, which has been repudiated by the state since, came out, it was, it was a study in misogyny. Um, if you want to read it, it is a real study in misogyny. Judge Lynch uh, left the guardie off with a slap in the wrist, uh, decided Joanne Hayes was the author of her own downfall because of her behaviour, uh, because she was a fallen woman, uh, because she obviously seduced Jeremiah Locke, because she did all of this and she made all the running. And in contradiction with the forensic evidence, he more or less says she did kill the Abby Dorney baby. Uh, he doesn't agree that it was stillborn which the forensic evidence says, yes, it most likely was. Coming up, how the community in Kerry is feeling this week following the potential breakthrough Garthy have made in the case. What was being whipped up at the time? You've alluded to it already, Mary, but, you know, people weren't looking at the facts here. They clearly weren't. And making up new ones like mad stuff, like super fecundation, like what what sort of frenzied rhetoric was resulting in in all this? Because it couldn't have just been about Joanne. Oh, no, it was about, you know, the culture of the society at the time, a patriarchal culture that saw women like Joanne Hayes, unmarried mothers, as 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 contaminants, as threats to society, as uh, people who needed to be, you know, punished. And of course, we had been punishing them for a long time by incarceration and institutionalisation. 
you know, there was no Twitter back then, obviously. And, you know, the kind of rhetoric we see online now where we see, you know, frenzies and hysterias being whipped up. I'm wondering what the equivalent of that was around the time of the Kerry Babies case. Like, what was the man or the woman on the street saying? Oh, it was the talk of the country, of course, and it was in all the newspapers. Um, and if you go back and read the newspapers, like they give the details of the tribunal each day. They gave the details of the investigation each day. Um, uh, you know, looking at the, the newspaper reporting now, you can see uh, they're talking about when, when the elderly aunt is brought into the police station, when her mother and her sister are brought into the police station and her brothers are brought in to the police station. This was going on day after day. Um, it was on the radio shows in the morning. And of course, radio was, was I suppose, much more part of people's lives then. Um, and so everybody was hearing much the same thing. Uh, I suppose in many ways, the frenzy of social media was the thing that was absent, but there was still a frenzy. Who was this Joanne Hayes? What was she doing? All sorts of rumour and counter rumour about, you know, how many babies there were. And uh, and the Gardaí were feeding into that with, with their ridiculous uh, ideas around super fecundation and um, which baby was where and who killed whom and all of that sort of thing. And not actually getting to the heart of the matter and conducting a proper investigation into the one baby who was killed, the one on that was found on the beach in Cahirsivine. Ireland's a completely different place. We learned an awful lot from it, you know, from the the Kerry babies case. It's it's cliche to say it was a watershed moment, but it was. With all that we have learned, what have we not learned, do you think, in the modern day from what happened? Well, I mean, it has taken, what, nearly 40 years. It was 36 or 7 years before Joanne Hayes got an apology um, and a settlement from the state and the state repudiated the Lynch Tribunal. It has taken until now uh, for the Gardaí to actually exhume the body of baby John and collect DNA and now use that DNA to initiate a proper investigation and and search where they, which they should have done many, many years ago. I think a lot has changed. But when you look at, for example, sexual violence and rape trials in the country, they're still uh, bad. Uh, I think when you look at violence against women uh, and particularly de- domestic violence, the, the rates at which they're reported and the rates at which people are taken to trial and, and uh, trials are completed are very low. And it comes back to the fact that we still live in a patriarchy that hasn't gone away. And we always have to remember that embedded in that patriarchy, even though we have gained an awful lot, equality, equal pay, equal rights, equal access to the workplace, equal opportunity. um, It is really about a sticking plaster that has been put over a patriarchal culture. So we still have an awful lot to do. I don't think what happened to Joanne Hayes could happen again. But... Other violences against women um, and oppressed communities and, or, uh, and groups can do and continue to happen. Mary, as somebody from North Kerry who grew up 15 minutes away from where all this happened, as you say, how do you think the community will be feeling by these latest developments? I think in many ways the community will be exhausted that we have to think about this again but also that maybe there might be some justice for baby John but then I think um, 
this is another tragic story. There's not going to be any good end to this. Even if we get the full story of what happened that child uh, all those years ago, it, it is not going to bring a good ending, a good conclusion to that story. It's always going to be a trauma uh, for somebody and for the community. Uh, and so I hope it's handled with the utmost sensitivity absolutely 360 degrees away from the type of behaviour uh, that happened uh, when when Joanna Hayes was being investigated. Mary McAuliffe, thank you very much for joining us. That's it for today. For full access to Irish Times journalism, go to irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. This episode was produced by me, Aideen Finnegan. In the news, we'll be back on Monday.